Riverside. Welcome everyone to It's Not Canon, the podcast where all opinions are welcome and tends to be nothing is true. I am your co-host Chase Bank at your absolute service and my other counterpart is if he's lying, then he's flying. What's up, Brian? What's going on, Chase? I hope that you do this every time with something new. You're going to be challenged now for it going forward. Um, Absolutely. That's the creative design behind everything. You got to. <laughs> so I'm, we're really hoping that this is going to be number one of the shows that we're going to be putting out. Um, and we picked a wonderful topic to talk about today. Um, and to preference why it's, we are hoping it's going to be number one, just to give you a little backstory, this is the behind the scenes of It's Not Canon. Chase and I have been trying to do this now for almost a year, a little over, getting this podcast out there and launched. And uh, last year took a toll on me. If I ever decide to say, let's do camera, you'll see the gray in the beard. Um, But to give you a preference of what this conversation is going to be today and why it's so prevalent in our society today is um over the course of the past year um i went from having a father to not having a father my father was diagnosed with liver cancer about a year ago this week that we're recording um we only had a month with him after that and after that point on it was downhill and he went on memorial day weekend leaving us in shock awe and kind of confused all on the same day to the point where made some promises to the point of me taking care of my 66 year old mother, trying to teach my older sister how to be an adult. And in this privileged period um, of stepping in and being the the rock and the family, um, retrospecting of looking at me personally and looking at where I'm going, I end up developing my own family of sorts and, uh, my wife and I decided to do, uh, that may be best to kind of jump in and help with my mom by moving in and taking care of her and trying to give her the life that my dad so desperately wanted to get to in retirement, which he was short by three months. Um, and in an eight months, let's just call it an experiment, I learned a lot from from the ideals of what our generation, which to give you a little backstory and chase, I want to have you jump in here in a second. I'm a 36 year old white man that uh, is married and child on the way. And Chase, would you like to talk about yourself just in a quick synopsis? Yeah, not a problem for anyone that can't tell or hear the melanin in my voice. I am a 30 some year old African American of proud descent where I am also married to an absolutely amazing woman and have a furry little dog. So <laughs> that's just a little bit about so, me. So, so with that aspect of being in your 30s, um, you, we found that Chase and I have been through all this. We've learned so much about each other and that we were both raised by the baby, the baby boomer generation. And in my eight month experiment of living with my mother again with my my wife and soon to be a child, um, how disappointing 
some aspects of these baby boomers have become in life that this was considered the greatest generation that in in the course of now and and our generation chase and i will be i guess considered at the top of the millennials right we're we're there right okay kind of sort of give it yeah yeah so we're we're technically top millennials that we were born uh born and bred the same direction that our parents were raised that you know hard work is valued more um you know you have to spend time with family do right by the family um all that stuff that was bread and buttered by them to sit there and watch now how this world has become bittered by these people and unaccepting of others um and, and to give a a great example of this eight month stint of experiment and i moved out a couple couple weeks ago because i didn't find it too too promising that I was about ready to lose my wife and unborn child because my mother could not accept change or could not accept any other people's reviews, which was startling knowing how I was raised and how my, one of my closest friends who I'm doing this black, uh, this uh, podcast with is a black male who's married to a black woman. And my best friend is a gay white man married to a black man and they preach acceptance, but they, she, she just couldn't accept certain things, which was, disturbing really in full fashion that these people raised me to think that to be accepting of all but as they've gotten older things have changed and though though the i never told you this piece of the story chase and i really wanted to catch your reaction when i told you this today but in all of this when i moved out my mother ended up in a car accident and and in this car accident uh, my mom does have a short fuse probably where i get my short fuse from and she was semi-calm through the experience. And once everything was getting settled, because in some fashion from from when I was in a car accident long ago to now, car accidents, if you didn't know this, Chase, you probably do because you've been through this, depending on what happens, can be resolved in about roughly five to seven days with insurances. Um, but in full fashion, to kind of give you the, the parameters of where I'm going here, we are in... Chase and I are stuck in this generational piece of where we can accept our own failures and understand where we went wrong. Now, I say that because the person that hit my mother is younger um, and refused to accept fault. Now, I, I can't express how stupid this sounds when I tell you that her front end of her car is smacked in. And my side of my mom's car is smacked in. So obviously, typically, the first one that has the front end damage is at fault. Um, and, and she tried to argue this. But where you struggle with the argument is when you have multiple witnesses saying that you ran a red light and you're still arguing with people that it's not your fault. It's the person that who had the right of ways fault. It is just mind-blowing. And... To the point that the insurance piece is figured out. And she's still refuting that this is not her fault. That's not the issue that started this conversation. The the the, the premise that's been weighing on me for since since this piece started coming out was um, my mom, like I said, has a short fuse. And when she gets angry, she gets ang- uh, to the point where she says things that, again, this generation of the baby boomers forget words carry weight um and i'm sure chase will give a better example of what i will say but 
Um, I don't say I hold to the premise of the words of my parents anymore because truthfully, my mom has said things to me in the past eight months that I look at her and go, how are you, my mother? There's no way I must have been adopted. Um, but I have learned from this past couple of weeks that I don't really know if I ever really knew my parents and the, the way they preached to me, I, I, I honestly still consider I must have been adopted because of the sheer fact that during in the middle of a conversation she was having with me about how this young lady was still holding to her convictions that she was not at fault, even though there was three witnesses, a police statement that literally shows that, yeah, this girl was the, the, the reason of the accident. Um, she came out and said to me on the first part of the conversation, this young black girl, now my parents, uh, I never thought was the racist type. Chase, you've met my mom. Um, she says she flat out loved you and loves Jess, uh, after meeting you. Um, did you get the sense of love out of her? Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, now, this is where it gets a little crazy because I, I get it. It's a generational thing. And we grew up with during the 60s and the 70s that that's socially acceptable to say things. I heard things my grandfather said who was born in the 20s say things that my grandpa, you really can't say that, right? But what came out of her mouth three days later in the same conversation, now more angry, just infuriated me to the point where I literally cut the conversation short. She changed that black word to the n-word and i was about ready to call quits on this family at this point for just saying that and i knew it was added aggravation and pissed offness but in this climate in this environment that we are in now we have generations that are ahead of us that are making decisions poorly for the youth of this country and using words like this. And, and then for her to sit there and say in that same night after a conversation about politics, that these people, I'm gonna, you can kind of guess, are making decisions out of pure white love versus all around goodness, baffled me, especially since she just made the same type of comment. And it, it's disappointment to the point that, like I said, I'm going to be a, a father in T minus five seconds from now at this point, I don't know where it's a rough shot where we're going. And the first person I had told, and it was the hardest thing to keep it as a secret was from this man, Chase here. And I believe the way I said it to Chase was, so how do you want to be called as uncle? Um, the second person was my other best friend who I referenced before. Um, I may have been more, derogative and more funnier as we go as you can see this podcast will have different lights throughout the the series because the show is called it's not canon for a reason um and you all will get to meet doug and his filthy sense of humor at some point um but i asked him if he wanted to be called uncle small pp uh, so <laughs> so with all that it like the this is my family i they always say you can't choose family but you can choose your friends right I have come to an appearance of my family to understand for a long period of time that my family has chosen their family. So it's now time for me to choose mine. And I choose the people I surround myself. Why? Because we better each other. We don't focus on the negativity. We try to do better for each other and push each other, right? That's what family should have been. Then we come to the sheer fact of this generation 
that of the baby boomers that were like that, which what blows my mind, and I will probably dive into this a lot more. We're talking about the hippies. These were the 70s hippies that were peace, love, and prosperity now acting like you can't say the word gay in certain states. I, I'm just, it's disappointing. Um, and I'm going to take a water break, and I'm going to let Chase tell his disappointments of of a generational story. Uh so mine more or less originates in i would say a lack of communication that came from um i would say my mom in a sense so i I love her to death because he has like one of the biggest hearts that i have ever encountered on this world won't hesitate to ever help you it was just more or less a thing that i experienced while growing up is that whenever i would try to or whenever i made a mistake as a kid because all kids aren't perfect and no human is perfect. But whenever I did make a mistake and I tried to bring it to her, I felt as if I got yelled at for doing so or making the mistake. And granted, you know, I understand that, of course, maybe some of the stuff I did was stupid from time to time. But in the sense that I felt as if I couldn't bring it to her in an effective means of communication, because every time I brought it to her, I knew how it was going to end up, which was me being yelled at. So fast forward into, mm, I would say, out of adolescence, becoming a, a young man, so to say, even right now, I don't, um, I don't do well with people yelling at me, anyone at all. It's a trigger. So if anyone is to yell at me, the response that you would get is more or less like, I will laugh, I will get extremely sarcastic, I will mm, tend to come to a sense where I'll get real short with you. Or mm, on rare occasions, I might yell back. But that's if you really, really push me to that edge. So I just feel as if it was one of those things where I feel as if there has, I feel like even between the various generations, there are multiple that are listed as of right now. There's a certain level of disconnect in communication. And it's not necessarily anything that is, I would say, per se, wrong, but it is something that I have noticed over time. And with that being, I would say, uh, inspected over this time frame, it's definitely something that can be learned and corrected, but only if that individual is willing to learn and look themselves in the mirror to say, okay, this is where I could be a better person at. It doesn't necessarily have to stop at either the kids always needing or being required to learn is us as a people from the child of up to the very highest person in age, whoever's still breathing and learning and living, we still need to assume the role of a student because we are never right as a people. So, so, and that's a great point, Chance, because everyone has the ability to learn, right? The, the, the thing that kind of catches me with that, and uh, maybe let me ask you this: When you ha- have you ever had that conversation with your mother, where you said you just need to understand communication is key, you need to be better communicative? Honestly, 
Not really, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, we, you and I have struggled with that with our families. When, when this eight-month experiment, the issues were extensively around communication and how poor of it. Um, my wife and I are children of change, and we are willing to communicate and work through our issues and work through everything, right? However, um, my mother refuses to communicate. Um, she'd rather have it build up and then yell and scream and all that stuff. Now, as a child and in your adolescence, you're more fearful of that. As a 36-year-old man who's paying the bills, um, you're not as fearful as you think you are anymore. And as much as you sit there and you, you we try right, to get these generations, it's also a part of respect, right? You and I were raised with respect. We're not going to confront if necessary. Um, not, not our elders because it's a respect. Sadly, it's come to a point where I have no respect. I'm not even sure if it's no respect or maybe it's just the sheer fact that if I don't start vent- vetting it out, um, I'm just going to build up and I'll be a, a blobbering mess later on, right? Um, so I became more confrontational. And the way I was a leader. I worked in management. I know how to have difficult conversations. And I did that with my mother. And she always had to play the victim, to the point that when we moved out, we were the devil for leaving. And she would send text messages to my sister, but she was actually sending them to me. So I knew what she was saying about me. Like, it just, those type of things, the drama that this generation, I don't know if it was just out of sheer boredom, uh, <laughs> is causing with just lack of communication, uh, lack of care uh, on what they say. They, Like I said, words carry weight. And you have to, at some point, answer to the to that weight. Um, and and I will always live by the sheer fact that the words carry weight. I know I am I'm quick to speak, but I'm also thought thinking through what I'm saying. So I know when I need to be vicious. I know when I need to be caring. I need to be even this conversation here. I'm picking and choosing words to say just to carry the weight that's necessary with the conversation. Um, but with that, um, to your point that people need to learn to connect as a people, we are in a society that it is 2023. And we have states that you can't say the word gay in school. You have states trying to pass laws to check children's gender at a young age to see if they have one or multiple parts. You have a state that just passed laws to stop transgender celebrations. Um, I forget the, the name of the, the the clubs that they would do this stuff. They stopped that to the point where now it's, the law is written so vague that they can uh, associate attacking gay pride parades. Um, they're trying to break gay marriage in certain states. They're trying to break abortion laws. They're trying to stop giving the privilege of being a normal human being in society. And, and when you look at this, I, I, I don't know if you were listening to the conversation where we were sitting with our peers in California a couple weeks ago, Chase, but I had this quick conversation that the median age in the U.S. is in the 40s. That is the collective of the United States. The median age of people that are in power are in the 60s. And if you look at the preference color of skin that's in that in that body, um, you're going to find a majority white. 
and in in that that's scary in a sense for for a generation of us that it's going to inherit this piece of of, of land that we're going to have to govern and body and control to have to undo all that Go ahead. what's left of it at that what's point. left of it yeah Continue. yeah in the sheer fact that I, I read these articles about people saying you're never going to be able to retire because the money's not going to be there because they spend it. We have a, uh, a Supreme Court judge now being found out that he is um, taking long trips with donors on private yachts that are expensive trips. You can't tell me that man is going to be uh, a bias, not biased. He's going to be. These man's paying in his pocket. All these politicians are being paid for. And this is a generation that makes decisions lack of indifference. They, 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 they want to be in control of everything, but they have no right. Um, and then the generation following us is the influencer generation of, it's about me. It's about me. I, I'm the star of everything. I do not do anything wrong. I am God to you people. And then you have some of us that are this this niche part of the millennial generation that actually thinks through everything they do. And if they make a mistake, they own up to it. I know where I failed with my eight-month experiment with my mother and living with her. I completely own that. I know that. I even said to her, I'm like, I, I know where I made the mistakes here. But it's a learning opportunity, right? Um, and here we are, stuck knowing that at some point we're going to inherit what's left of this. And it's not probably going to be much. And then at some point, the ones that can actually utilize their brains, because let's face it, I'm a free thinker. And I, you'll probably hear this again today. I'm not on social media. And, and when I see things that uh, don't make any sense to me, like... You know, oh, this person here who's in their 50s don't agree with what Bud Light's done. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. They're going to post something on social media just to get the likes and get the popularity. They're just going to get more crass and crude. And now we have a whole generation of people following that and thinking that's okay to do as well. Um, and now you have a small niche group here trying to save the realm of reality and the truth that we're all humans. Um Coming from me, yes. I, I I just want to throw in this little tidbit here that I have found, and just just in reference to the baby boomer and Gen Z and us being stuck like right in between there, you know, mm -hmm. looking at baby boomers, I always felt as if like by definition they have them as listed as born between 1946 and 1964. Mm -hmm. Uh being told as being like an out-of-touch grandparent to the Gen Z as of today, mm -hmm. but they did have a wild youth that they don't often talk about. Now, boomers are so named after their parents who came home from World War II and the American mm -hmm. population exploded. Baby boomers um, defied their parents, protested the Vietnam War, and created summer love. So there is a certain level that comes with the baby boomers because I felt as if this specific generation had to be one that had to survive. You know, they had to deal with what was in front of them. So I feel like a lot of the, the baby boomer generations, they were 
I don't want to necessarily say stuck in jobs, but they stuck to a job that they probably didn't necessarily like only because they had to survive and provide for what they had at that current point in time. Because at that time, you probably didn't have much, but what you did have, you wanted to make sure that you secured it and you took care of it. Mm-hmm. This is also a generation that was and is not technically that technologically advanced. So when it comes to certain things guys, of today, it's harder for them to adjust to it and understand that there's quicker and more efficient means of how the world is currently trending. Now, in between, now, after them, there is the, what they call the Generation X, we'll deal at a different time. But then we have us as millennials that we currently are and are proud to be, the 80s and the 90s babies. Now, I feel like we walk that, we walk a really nice line because we understand what life was like before the social media age basically took over everything. Before there were touchscreen phones, when they were still VHS tapes, there was an A-track. You had your CD players. And then we still gravitate into that age where everything is basically, you can access everything, the entire world off your phone. Now, going back to what the Gen Z or youngsters are as of today, mm-hmm. who are more or less on the I need things quick and I need it now phase. Mm-hmm. that social media literally rules all i'm not gonna say rule but it has a really high level of influence on their lives it is really hard to see things from i, I feel like it's hard for a gen z to see things from the baby boomer and the baby boomer to see things as a gen z i don't know if that's necessarily something that that where i feel like we make that connection because it's really hard for someone who has very minimum experience with a touchscreen phone to understand somebody who lives off of social media. Before we move on into that, because that's a that's a great point, but the worst concept of that, I'm not sure how how technology advanced your parents are, but my mom is pretty well advanced that that I need it now mentality has struck her there was a situation that happened during a storm at the house when we were living there and we needed someone to come out and give us an adjustment so i can get the tree off the patio um make sure there's no damage right um and when they called and said listen we can get there tomorrow however the storms an up and low piece of the storm slid in they couldn't get there she got angry at the sheer fact that they couldn't get there when when they were supposed to but I really was able to, they allowed me to go up on the roof and take the tree off. I didn't have to worry about having them to be there, right? But they, she was just angry that they just weren't there because it wasn't at the moment of that she wanted it to be. But other circumstances come up, come around, right? Yeah. Um, and and it, it's scary when when you got those, that generation that all of a sudden has those needed now feelings that they should not have. <laughs> like, that, that is scary. It's also scary when we have those moments, knowing that we shouldn't have those moments, but we're sitting there waiting for our Grubhub order to show up and we're fucking starving. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, I know they said 45 minutes. It is 46 minutes. Where are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we okay. shouldn't, and we know we shouldn't, but we still do. It's because like technology is great. 
I think you and I will agree on that. There is things that have technology has made things a lot better. Chase and I, for people that don't know this, we've met through work. He lives in Chicago. I live in Atlanta. We work together. We both work from home. I'm wearing a junkie t-shirt. He's wearing a nice t-shirt. We're not, we're very comfortable with our work environment. And at the same time, technology made that happen. Like we get to look at each other every day. We get to talk to each other every day, but I get to do it in socks <laughs> and not with shoes and a dress shirt. Technology made things better. We're able to have communication with people across the, the globe free of charge. That wasn't a thing back in the 90s. You had an international line and a domestic line. You had to pay more to use the international piece. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, email. Yes, all those flyers we used to get in the 90s in the mail and are digital and they go to your inbox and you hate it. But you get to delete them and you don't have to worry about taking them out as garbage. Um, so it's the, the difference is our generation, our piece of generation, I read this the other day, has seen the worst. Uh, they're saying we've seen the worst. Yes, we have not been officially in a world world situation, but we have survived a pandemic, two of them technically. We have survived a war. We have su- survived a recession. Um, we survived almost another recession that we're going through right now. We have seen worse things than the baby boomer generation saw because all they had to worry about, really, and if they're still around, they're, they're catching it all, too. But they're at that age where they may or may not be around, right? My father didn't got to see the pandemic, but he's not seeing this recession. Um, he's not seeing how bad this world went. And, and, and it's funny, I, though, not to deviate but for a second, but it, it relates. My grandfather fought in World War II. Um, he was a, a Navy CB. He did his time. He watched the bombs drop in Hiroshima. He was on his boat in the ocean watching it come down. Um, he came home, got a, a working man's job of putting gas tanks into uh, gas stations, and he got hit with a wrecking ball three weeks prior to his wedding, and he walked on crutches up the aisle to get married on his wedding day in snow. That man busted his butt into his mid-60s and made an honest living, went through the Great Depression growing up. That man worked his butt off, survived five heart attacks, cancer, and finally gave up after his 70th surgery ever um, and just passed away. That man busted to the very end. Watched his wife suffer through dementia for 10 years and watched her regress and took care of her every day on his own. Um, he was a man's man. And, and I sit there and I, I always said to this, and this is just a, a running joke. My grandfather was a diehard Republican. Like you can never change his mind. And we made the joke on his deathbed and he enjoyed every second of it. That the year that he voted for our Democrat Barack Obama is the year he died. Um, and that was the running joke that he voted for a Democrat, but, uh, but if he saw everything he fought for, everything that this world has come to, he would be so disappointed that this man put his body, put his soul, put everything on the line to see us fight over just the dumbest things, man, like the dumbest things. Um, and to listen to people that he would have flat out told you they are crooks. They are crooks. Like my grandfather 
sat every day and read the newspaper. Not one, but three. And he knew all the news before even turning the news on at the end of the day. Like he already knew it was going to be on the news. And it was just, it, it's sad to see a generation that had to hear these stories from their parents. And yes, we're not saying our parents failed as parents. We're not saying that they failed as um, people, but we can't judge them on, on that because we're now becoming parents. I don't know how I'm going to do as a dad. I just hope to God every day I won't drop her on her head. That is my only goal right now. Um, but but at least I know from my experience, you're supposed to learn from your experience. And this is a great segue for what you want to talk about, Jace, is these trends, these curses that they, they sh- you should learn from your experiences and not and try to break from the bad and, and do better, right? Then without giving too much, every part of my family, and I'm going to break it down in front of you anyway, every part of my family something has happened and it continued into the next generation, which would be my parents and then continued into mine. And now I have the ability to break it and I'm trying to. So Chase, I, I want, I know this was something you want to definitely talk about through this. So I want to turn it over to you and you can kind of walk us through what your mindset on this is. Yeah. So definitely want to cover what exactly and how do you break generational curses? You know, I feel as if there's multiple things that come into play when that is brought up. And I feel as if everybody in life, every family, every married person, every individual, everybody has their own separate battles that they encounter. Everybody has their own situations, obstacles and goals. Everybody has their own hardships that they have to overcome. So when it comes to generational curses, this can be potentially something that is either passed down or it could be a trait that everybody tidbit has within this particular one side of the family. Now, it's and I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy because I'm everybody has their own battles. Everybody has their own addictions. Everybody has their own monkey on their back, so to say. So I just personally feel as if like with some of the things I've dealt with in my life thus far, I feel as if the very first thing that everybody needs to do is look at what exactly it is that they're battling. You can't fight a battle or win a war if you don't know who your enemy is. And then once you identify what that is, then you have to plan your um specifically what you need was geared to what it is that you feel is this oppressing you to determine how do you overcome it. Then once you overcame it, you have basically solidified how you could be better as a person to look forward to how you can now turn this into a generational win, so to say. So I know you got an example there that you want to talk about. I'm glad you brought that up. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel as if like something that um, I've seen on both sides of my family is um, a healthy drinking habit. And I I would say that it could be a a point of something that I, I feel as if it is both on both sides of my family. 
and not for nothing, I'm, I don't think anyone has a problem to a T where every anybody's losing money or better not their houses. But I have seen it where it can tend to go or someone can overindulge in what's needed. And, you know, I come from a very biblical background where, you know, I, obviously in the Bible, people have drunk a nice amount of wine. But the thing about it is, and something I always try to keep conscious to myself is, you can have and too much of anything is a bad thing. And that's just point blank, period. It doesn't matter what that is. That could be too much technology, too much alcohol, too many drugs, too much of any materialistic thing is bad. It's just more or less being able to monitor and or control yourself when you're in certain situations where you could still not lose who you are or forget where it is that you came from. So more or less being able to regulate yourself in a point where you're not outside of your body, outside of your character, where you could drink. But I don't want to sound like a cliche alcohol commercial, but drink responsibly. That way it's not affecting yourself. You're not out of control and you don't end up hurting someone else out of you losing yourself to something that does not need control over you. Yeah, I don't want to make this a preachy thing, but it, it is really one of those things where people, we have the ability to, at least our part of our generation, I don't want to speak for the whole because well, we can see the, I have younger in-laws that are part of this generation, but they are definitely part of that generation me mentality where it's all about TikTok and I, I want this, I want that, but they, they've come to come to the understanding that life can't be all about that. And they have to take, be responsible themselves or be responsible for everything that's important to them. Um, but we have the ability now, um, my, both my sides of the family, um, I don't want to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm more critical than I think Chase will ever be on things. And it's, I kind of have a very um, cynical mind based off of my life experiences. Um, but when looking back on, like my family's trends and the things that they have done and that have carried over to the generation that is now me and my cousins and that, and seeing how some of us have broken, some of them have continued the trend. Um, I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not saying my, my parents' generation's perfect, but we have the ability to make change happen. Yet we choose, not all of us, but some, most of us choose not to make that change and it's a comfort piece, right? We, we don't want to, we don't want to change what we know. We don't want to, I want to call it a form of laziness, but is it really laziness when you have the ability, but you just don't want to do it? I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, oh, well, this happened with my family and now I deal with it. Yeah, but you could have done something to stop it. Like you, you don't have to deal with it. Um, you're a grown adult. You have the ability to live your life the way you want to live it. Um, and it, it just, I do everything in my power. My family was a very negative family. They always focused on the worst. They focused on everyone's failures versus the, the uplifting moments. Um, and I try my best to break that. I try my best every day to wake up and think positive. Today's going to be a good day. Today's the sun's out. Today is all that. And it's a day-to-day -day thing because I was born and bred 
and lived in it for 25 years of just this negative weight um that is just not like it's not who i want to be i don't want to be a negative person and then there's times i sit there I'm like am i being too negative or am i being too real and then there's a difference um but it, it's up to us as people as our own selves to think freely um and make the changes that you 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 think that you want um you can do whatever you want in this world mm-hmm. to an extent obviously um you can be who you want to an extent um there is laws prohibiting you for a lot of things so just me keep that in mind um yeah. but but at the same time like you don't have to listen to one person who's on the mic seeking attention i just realized we're talking about us uh, <laughs> but you can formally think for your own self and chase you're a, a um a person that believes in god and all that that all that and when you when we sit there and you see people act the way they act treat people the way they treat the first thing that always comes to my mind is in the Bible it says love thy neighbor. And you choose not to. You choose to go into a, a building with to fight a mask during a pandemic. So someone that's next to you do not get sick because they might be in a, in a situation where they could end up dying from a, 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 an illness that you're carrying. And you sit there and go, you're preventing me from my liberties. First of all, liberties is just a word describing this country. What you're looking for is uh, your your um, right to you know live. Um, and when you walk into a store, you kind of give that up. They have the right to refuse service. So, like if they tell you to put something on, you should probably put it on. If you went to a restaurant with no shirt and no shoes on, they're probably going to tell you no, and you're going to go, yeah, that makes sense. I probably should come in with a shirt and shoes on. But during a pandemic where you don't know if the person next to you, John Smith, is asthmatic and has really bad lungs, you rather fight putting a mask on because you listen to someone on, on the news that has no right speaking on medical needs at all tell you you shouldn't be wearing a mask because it stops you from having your liberties. You just sound like an idiot. Um, and you also sound like you just don't care. You don't care about other people. Now, that John Smith I talked about, he could have been the person providing you groceries tomorrow when you can't get up or provide you your grub up order. So you don't care about that person that could potentially in the long run take care. What if you got sick and John Smith was that nurse that was supposed to be on that shift to cover for you? Mm-hmm. Now he's not there. And I definitely feel as if, like, in today's world, there's, like, a serious lack of deference when it comes to being able to submit yourself to somebody else's need and um, just their overall well-being and their health. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a serious lack of empathy that is currently missing from the world because it shouldn't have to get to a point where there should be maskers versus anti-maskers. It should be, hey, I can see that, I don't know, Mrs. Smith over there is about 75 years old and she looked like she doesn't go around very much. I would just be respectful to what she needs as of right now and put a mask on before I go around her because I don't hate to endanger her life because regardless of if she's 75 as of right now, 
I don't know how much more living she has to do. That's not for me to determine. But what I can control as of right now is how I conduct myself around her. So if I can be conducive to her environment being a little bit safer, I'll do just that to make sure, Mrs. Smith, you can live your rest of the rest of your 50, 100 lives, whatever, whatever you got left, feel free to do so. But I won't jeopardize that for you. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And this is going to be a very hard segue, but it falls to it. the empathy that's missing. Why are we missing it? Where where does that come from? And again, not blaming who generations on this, but I was raised to have an imagination. I wasn't allowed to have video games until I was old enough to go to the store and buy them. And I mean, I mean, buy them. I mean, I had to go buy the system, the game. So, you know, you had to be in like your late tw- uh, teens making some okay money when you can actually have a job to buy something like that. So I was forced to have an imagination. I was forced to do uh, yard work. I was, I, I was taught the right and wrongs. Um, and I bring this up because a couple of days ago I'm outside and I have neighbors across the street that are young and I find them to be very entertaining to watch because this little girl the other day, she was outside with a bubble gun shooting bubbles out, screaming, happy Easter's everyone. And I looked at the single, the single mom raising these kids and I'm just like, you're doing it right. You just don't probably really is a, while you're cutting the grass and they're having fun, you're raising them right in some fashion because you had them teaching them how to cut the grass. You had them teaching them how to use the edger. You're doing it right because you're teaching them responsibility. And then meanwhile, down the other end of the block, I see this kid running in the middle of the road that may be like three years old. And the mom um, sees a car coming and then flicks off the car like it was the car's fault for going down the road that it's allowed to drive on. And when parents are absent, I, I, I before we get there, the, the one thing that always gets to me, and this, is, this could have been a grind my gear segment, sir. But when you go past a park, and you see parents on their cell phones and not talking to other parents. Why does that matter? Because your eyes are not focused on the children. You're already an absent parent. You, you'd rather be here with the phone in your face than speaking to other parents because you don't know who your kid's playing with. Exactly. Or if your kid, I don't know, just so happened to get abducted and ran away and you have no conscience of what's going on because you've been in your phone surfing the web, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Did I miss anything? Facebook. (laughs) For how long? The last 20 minutes that your kid's just been out here. Yeah, it it just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind the fact that people forget parenting the, 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 the phrase is it takes a village to raise a child, right? Um, and I do believe that in some fashions it's that's the case, but you're also solely responsible. You chose to make that child. You need to be responsible for that child. Now, if you work and you, you need that daycare, that's fine. That makes sense. That's what they're there for. Yep. But what drives me nuts is when you're looking for a daycare on a Saturday so you can be home just sitting on the couch watching TV. And I've seen that before. Like I, that doesn't make sense to me. If you're if you're literally sitting at home, and you're putting your kid in daycare for the day, you're a bad parent in my mind because I understand that you're tired, but you chose to have this child. Yeah. Um, 
you also have that opportunity on that Saturday to be with that child and grow that child. And make why is this lasting memories? Yeah. And why do you think this is important? I'll give you the segue, Chase. Why is this important right now? Why we feel that this is important? Well, because, you know, with the lack in responsibility and love that a lot of these children are receiving, it seems to say that they grow up entitled to feel as if that if they're not heard out or if their feelings are hurt by something that's not major, then they could take life into their own hands. Now, as we move around into this particular conversation that we're about to go to, I just feel as if a lot has contributed to this. That could be what you have mentioned before, a lack of responsibility. So I know growing up that when Saturday morning hit, get up, you got chores to do, get them done. There are no excuses that, you know, children nowadays, I, I feel as if like there, there is no responsibility. There is no, I got this to do. I got that to do. I got to clean my room before I can ever think about stepping out of this house. That when it comes to a lot of these sports nowadays, a lot of these sports games and competitions, that there is no more competition. That the winner and the losers both receive the same trophy of participating. And that takes away the need for wanting to be the big fish, wanting to improve yourself, wanting to do better. So when everybody is always on the same playing field or the same level, then what do I get as a consolation to trying to excel myself? Now, when you are unable to necessarily express yourself and you feel as if you can't go certain places or do certain things and that I don't know what a lot of you go through these kids nowadays, but sometimes this event always ends up with a mass shooting. There's always somebody who's neglected, somebody's kid who needed help or they needed this, they needed that. But I don't care whatever that situation is. It should never, ever, 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 ever lead to a fact where you pick up a gun and shoot children and teachers that want nothing but to be better and try to nurture this next generation of leaders for this world. Now... I did take a look at a certain number prior to this call. And since 2018, between 2018 and 2022, there have been 1,056 people that have been wounded wounded or fatally shot between preschool to 12th grade between 2018 and 2022. What was that number? 1,056. Jesus. And the highest rate was last year where it was 300, 332 people that were shot or fatally wounded. Chase, do you remember um, Columbine? I'm that not shooter? sure. What? what? I feel terrible because I just feel this is, it's been so many that Columbine was technically, I want to say, was the first. That was, I was in... Hold on. The only way I know these things is gym class. Let me think of what gym class I was in. Um, I was in middle school when that happened. I believe. I believe it was middle school when Columbine happened. Could have been elementary school. And I remember the whole trench coat mafia. That's who took the took it, and it was it was unheard of. We've talked about it for years afterwards about how bad it was, right? 
Now we're just waiting for the next month. Who's gonna? What school is gonna get it next month? Yeah. Tennessee was the most recent one, and the sheriff came out and said that you you pray and you hope that we'll never see this day. Well, I hate to break it to you, every school district should be prepared for this day, and, and it's not the everyone blames video games, right? Everyone blames video games, but that's not the problem. It's it's the fact that I was raised without video games. I started playing video games. The game that got me into video games was GTA, the one that they complain about the most, right? You spend a lot of time in GTA killing people. That's what the whole premise of the game is. Well, you follow a lot of YouTube stars. It's you're moving one object to another place, right? Giving an envelope. You're you're going to kill people to get an envelope. Take the envelope back to somewhere else, and then you get paid. That's the whole premise of the game. Um, they don't have more mechanics than that. Um, but the whole the whole thought process is video games that's the problem. No, it's the parents not having conversations with their children. You are the you are the warning signs that children are having a problem with something. If you're not if you don't know when your children's struggling with something, that's on you. If you're t- if the teachers are telling you, hey, Jimmy's not acting right, or or little Chasey's not acting right, or this is something new that I have not seen with them, and you don't care to have that conversation, this is where we end up. I I am a person that at one point in the past year owned guns, thanks to my dad passing. And I contemplated keeping them. I, I wanted to go shooting them. One of the last things I ever got to do was actually shoot a gun with my dad. And it was something that he enjoyed, just something to do since we moved from the north to the south. Thought it was really cool. He enjoyed it. Um, it was something that we can bond on because we couldn't, we never really had a lot to bond on, but I would became in possession of these guns and I thought about keeping them. And then I just started the, the weight of the guns in my mind became more of a, of an issue. And it was more so that yes, they're good for protection and someone breaking into the house, but I'm about ready to be a dad. And the one thing that kept on running my mind is God forbid somehow my baby girl found the key and got into the box, took the magazine, loaded it into the gun, and figured out how to cock it back. That freaked me out. And, and to see these mass shootings in schools, the one that just happened in the bank that had the governor upset of that state like because he lost someone, and these are also states, by the way, the majority of the states are pro-gun, just a heads up. So you know that this is going to be a thing, even with that. Even though as, as a country, we're all asking for gun reform, but the politicians, well, that's a whole nother conversation. They don't want to see that. Um, my gears. Drives my gears also, you know, that means they would have to do work. Um, oh. <laughs> but you... you I, I made the decision to sell a few of them, keep one or two just for me to go and just li- live on what my dad enjoyed, right? And then I finally said, I don't want anything in this house because of everything that has occurred. God forbid someone broke in the house, got the keys, took the guns, went on a shooting spree, right? Um, I didn't want that. I didn't want that weight on me at all. I didn't want to be the reason of a, a mass shooting. I didn't want an escape for my child not to talk to me when I'm begging them to talk to me. Um, I plan on being very active with my child. 
I do. I, 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 and I know Chase, you and I have had other conversations that have, you've seen me emotional the past couple of weeks because I already feel like certain things in my life is going not to make me that way. And I am doing everything to do that. And the reason why is that is another thing that I'm trying to break from the generational uh, fail, uh, curses is my father busted his ass every day. He came home, he would spend five, 10 minutes with us before dinner. And then the, all he wanted to do was sit in front of the TV because he was tired and he was on call and he knew he was going to get a call that he was going to have to work the rest of the night. I don't want that. My, my, the best experience, the best memories I will ever have of my father is being my baseball coach and being my, uh, being out there with me. Um, and I always say this, and I know it's hard, harder to say it now with him not being here, but I used to say when I didn't have the best relationship with my father, that my dad's favorite son was a TV because that's who he spent the most time with. Um, but it's because he did everything in his power to give us the best life possible. And our generation, we got into fights in school. We didn't use guns. We used our fists. <laughs> exactly. And I just feel like when it comes to the world right now, how it's currently established, it's always get what you can as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that think about this, a child has access to the entire world from the palm of their hands. You could literally Google whatever it is that you're trying to find. Hey, how do I jailbreak a, a iPhone? It's literally, you could Google it and you'll find your answer. How do I jailbreak a Amazon Fire Stick? Google it, you'll have your answer. Then you could Google, hey, how do I get a gun illegally, quickly, as fast as I can, an AR-15? You could Google it and literally find a result. The problem is that we have a lot of emotionally unbalanced and mentally unequipped people who need help that don't get help, but the help that they think that they need results in you taking somebody's life and somehow compartmentalizing that everything will be all right after that point. Or the lack that you need to play God to unbetter your life when you're actually making it difficult for others and yourself. So unfortunately, I just feel as if, you know how I said earlier that too much technology is a bad thing? Hmm. It is absolutely, positively a terrible thing. (laughs) And not to oversimplify all that, if you just had conversations with your children, yeah, you will probably pick up on some warning signs. Absolutely. I know growing up, I had some pieces of my life that was very difficult and I had plenty of warning signs. And what my parents did, they grounded my ass so I wouldn't do anything. Because I wasn't communicating. I stopped talking to them. I was acting out. They didn't know how to equip or how to resolve. So they grounded me. But that, you know what that did? Kept me in the house from getting in trouble. That's pretty much what that did, right? We're not perfect. We're not saying that we're going to do better at this. There is no right or wrong answer, but it's the back to what we've been talking about. It's communication. I would rather go tear apart my daughter's room the day that she gets into that teen year life and rip apart anything, go through all her emails, go through everything, everything. 
to see if everything's okay, to cause a fight between me and her, knowing that I just went through her shit, but at least I know she's not going to go cause a mass shooting and that she's getting what she needs. Therapy's out there, right? Like the, the generation before us, they refuse to go. To <laughs> you therapy. say therapy to them is like they malfunction. And shut down. Yeah. yeah, they shut down. And yeah, I, I know I should have gone to therapy for the past year and I haven't, but I know how to self-reflect and see what, what's wrong and what can I do to make that better. I know I have to go through these grieving stages, right? Um, I know I should go to therapy for a lot of things that have happened to me uh, from childbirth to now and, and probably need to resolve some issues. But I look at it as a way as of a tool to make me better. And if I, if I go to therapy, I'm afraid that they're going to make me let go of certain things that I don't want to let go on because it, it fuels me to be a better person. So if I give forgiveness, what do I become after that? Like I, I, I built my life to be better based off of the experiences I've had. If I lose, if I forgive those experiences and let those experiences go, do I just become a couch potato? And that's one of the reasons why I won't go. But it doesn't mean it's not the right answer. A lot of these kids, all they just needed was just someone to check in on them. I want to say, and I am probably wrong, one of the school shootings that happened last year, the parents are being tried. I want to say it's in Michigan. It's up by you, right? Um, probably. Yeah. And the parents are being tried. And I think it's it's it's... It's a debate that we need to have, but the parents need to be responsible for your children. I, I, I don't understand why it's so hard to be responsible for what's yours. I mean, like I said, you, you made the decision to create this child. You made the decision to house this child. You made the decision to keep this child part of your life and you choose not to do anything with it or be a, a leader or a guider in life. Um. And when you sit there and say, well, I used, I always had conversations with my children. I didn't see that. There had to be signs. Case in point, the shooting that happened in Tennessee, the friends got messages prior to it happening. If that's not a warning sign, yeah, it could have been a little last minute, but shit, that's a warning sign. I don't know what uh, a warning sign Hey. Yeah, and we, have, <laughs> we have the FBI trying to monitor all of freaking social media for warning signs and comments like this when you could be doing the same and just checking on your kids daily. Even if it's just if they don't live with you, check their Twitter, check their Facebook. If they're smart, private, and you can't see it, you're calling them, right? Like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing today? You want to go have lunch? You want to you come over for dinner tonight? And a lot of that results back to you as a parent knowing your child. You should know the habits of mm-hmm. your child, what sounds like your child, what doesn't sound like your child. I've like it was an instance in high school that I had where I was at lunchtime. It, it was lunchtime, so I'm in, sitting at the table with you know my friends at the time, and we're all just laughing, he, he, doing doing our thing, mind our own business. It's this girl that literally just started throwing stuff at me and for the life of me i couldn't understand because i never even spoke to the girl literally not even high by past the time like i don't mess with you you don't mess with me so why of day, today of all days do you feel as if like i'm just a buddy in of whatever joke you got going on right now you know so literally dude i snapped and i threw something across the room 
I got up and I literally started yelling. And I guess it didn't help that I was kind of black and she might have been white. But needless to say, you know, I, let's just say I got called directly right out the, uh, the, 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 the lunchroom where I was and immediately got back to my parents and lo and behold, again, here comes my mom yelling and, and screaming and stuff. And, you know, my dad dude, has to be the most cool, calm, collected guy I've ever met in my life. Love that man to death. Um, not to say I don't love my mom, Lady Janet. But, you know, when he came in, it was just like, this doesn't even sound like him. What happened? And I calmly just told him what happened, and it was the end of the story. Just like she was messing with me, like I'm out of my business. Like, what do you want me to do? Sit there and be the butt end of the joke, continue to get stuff thrown at me? Like, no, I'm gonna do something. Like, great, I didn't drop kicker in the throat like I wanted to, but you know, it was just a part of if you know your child, you know your child. You know something had to trigger them for them to react. You know, now mm-hmm. if you know you raised a monster, then don't be surprised if you wake up one day. And hear that they've done very something very very um, weird or attended mm-hmm. to within this world. But if you know you raise a good, outstanding individual, then you should feel a point of relief knowing you released an asset into this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. And it just it worries me more and more seeing that not only parents acting the way they are, the way society's acting, but we have generations coming up seeing this and and they're fearful not only because they feel like they're being bullied, but they're also fearful of being comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And it's really, it's detrimental. Like, what was it? Maybe, let's call it 15, 20 years ago. We, We were moving in the right direction, right? Everything like... I remember the South Park episode where they went into the future and everyone was bald and like one shape, but it was, uh-huh. they, didn't have a, they didn't have a sex, they didn't have a gender prefer- preference, but that was the idea that the world was mo- moving in a direction of being more accepted. Like they, they had this r- weird God thing that they could or could not have to worship or something like that. I can't remember the full story. It just made me laugh through, through the whole episode. But the sheer fact, I, I read this article today and I kind of alluded to it before. It was on Newsweek and, and it's, it's something I've seen pop up on Reddit for a couple couple days now, but didn't really know the context because I couldn't find anything. Um, but Newsweek covered a sto- uh, story from Howard Stern that he, on his show, he talked about how Kid Rock and um, Travis Tritt, I think, did not like what Bud, what Bud Light's doing. Um, or Bud Light made a can, uh, a special pack of cans for a transgender um, influencer that has over 10 million views. So they put her face on the can. And these are like memorial cans. Like, hey, you're doing something wonderful here. We're not selling them, but this is something for you, right? And she posted, um, I want to call him them. I'm not really sure what the pronoun is. So let me be right. And I'm not going to say the name of the person either because they... Me being respectful, it's not that I don't have a care. It's more that your name, your last name is um, a little hard for me to pronounce. So I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but uh, she posted, I guess, on one of the TikToks. And like I said, I am a free thinker. I do not do social media. She posted to some one of those ones. And and they showing her drinking the can with the can in the face. And people went on to an uproar. There was a guy that posted on TikTok taking the cans out of all his barns, throwing them in the garbage can, um, 
making comments about, you know what you did or go do the research yourself or something like that. And that's what caught my eye first time. And then today this article was Kid Rock um, showing, I guess, on his social media, um, a, can of, a case of bed light. And he has his, first of all, this is another warning sign, a semi-automatic rifle shooting at the cans. Saying, fuck bed, Bud Light, fuck trans, right? And Howard Stone was quoted in this saying, I don't understand what they did to make you so angry. How is it affecting your life? I'm paraphrasing. Um, like, why why are you so angry about something about there? He's, Howard Stern, one of the most controversial figures in the 90s. No one has ever realized this. He's all about love. Like, he was, everything's about love with him and his family and everything. And the sheer fact that we we have a society that's not accepting of people that have been around forever, forever. I I, I cannot say that anymore. Gays, lesbians, everything. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I, I I'm not I'm sure I'll miss them and I don't want to offend. They've always been around in some fashion. Um, one of my favorite uh, quotes that came out of the Boondocks, the, the, Boondocks, the cartoon show, um, was a Christmas special talking about how um, the Greek men do- celebrate Christmas by having gay sex. And he said it in a mall. <laughs> and I remember writing down the quote and researching and go, well, shit, he was actually right. Okay. <laughs> but the sheer fact that we can't accept the fact that who cares? Like, it, does it affect you? Did, did this person, this transgender person, come up and make you feel uncomfortable personally? Does it offend you that much? What, why? What did they do? How is it affecting your day to day that this person is out there trying to inspire a generation that is uncomfortable in their skins to be like them? And it's okay. It, it, it just. It bothers me. I, it bothers me to a, a, a T. It gets me very hot. It gets me very angry, the snowiness. And I think like it used to not bother me so much because the sheer fact that I just, I have the personality of I don't give a flying fuck what other people think. I, I don't. Um, we're doing this podcast because we felt like um, we have something to say on multiple uh, multiple uh, topics, and we are no, we're not alone in these conversations. That we're like, hey, let's, let's us be the voice, right? I don't care if you're going to start hating on me and my views. I, I really don't care. Hate on me. It's not like I'm going to kill myself because you don't like me. I don't care. Your your opinions will not phase me. Um, <laughs> but can at I the a at, very wise man. Yeah, absolutely, man. His name was Rick Sanchez. <laughs> he had told a group of people that your opinion means very little to me. Continue. Yes, it is. It is very adamantly true. But we live in a society now where everyone's opinions matter, and then when you get a following of people that follow that think that are righteous and think that they're doing something right, but they're actually just not being good humans. And I say it like that because it doesn't matter if we're guy, girl, black, white, Hispanic. Chinese, whatever it is, Asian, we're all one. Like, we are here to be a society of the world. We have a country starting a war with another country because he wants land, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
we have here in this own country, we can't even cross the street and look at someone and wonder if they think, well, I'm white. They must think I voted for this person, but I didn't. How do I start this conversation? I never had to worry about that. Like Chase, you are one of my closest friends, and you and I have had some very open, serious, funny conversations about race. But you don't know how hard it is for me to actually go across the street to that single woman. I'm thinking she's single, mostly as a joke, just to make things uh, make it a little bit lighter. Black don't crack, so I don't know if the young guy is her son or her husband or her boyfriend. I don't want to assume, but I just want to go up and introduce myself and say, man, I, I respect you guys for the way you're raising your children. Because uh, it, it's, it's the reason why I moved to this house. I was literally looking at houses. I came to this house. I saw the young man teaching the younger child how to shoot a basketball, and it warmed my goddamn heart. I'm like, this is the type of complex I want to be in. But I'm afraid to go across the street because they see old whitey over here. Must have been a Trump supporter. Must hate gays. Must hate blacks. No, I really just admire what you do. And I'm not saying that they think that way, but that's the society that we live in now. Mm-hmm. That, like, talking to you has always been easy. It's because we, we, we have more in common than people probably will realize. Um, and talking to my best friend who is gay, again, more in common than people would realize, but I'm the person that will talk to anyone. I don't think we're in a world where we should be forcing our views down your throat that you have to agree with us or we don't like you. Families have ended and it's funny to watch on some Reddit stuff that I do watch families ending because of political views or something so racist or something so bigoted that was said because they're following one person or they're they're listening to a group of people that don't provide you facts. I keep yep. on saying I am a free thinker. And I, I, I want people to understand that's that's not me saying that I'm better than you. What that means is every year or every time we have a election I watch the news to see who's running. I listen to what the news says, but I don't take account to what they're saying is actually true. I will actually go on to Google and read and research myself. I also don't believe that people that also make millions and millions of dollars know what the working class is actually going through day to day. And if you're sitting, (laughs) if you're sitting on a golf resort, now I'm getting really personal. If you're sitting on a golf resort, breaking laws, and you sit there and say, oh, they're out to get me. I'm going to revert back to my one of my conversations with my mom. If you have a problem with it, everyone's a problem to you, but no one has that problem, most likely you're the problem. So if you think everyone's out to get you while you're sitting on your golf resort pretending you're still president of America, most likely you're the problem. If you really don't think that way, and just not to get a little too political, we had a president who started a war because his daddy couldn't finish it. (laughs) But no one, everyone thought that was the worst thing that could ever happen. At the time, like this man literally invaded a whole country because his dad couldn't get the job done in the early 90s. 
But here we are now looking at, well, this man has literally caused fraud. He has caused integrity issues. And we think it's perfectly fine. Why? Why is that fine? <laughs> Why is it fine to try to call certain states and try to say, hey, you need to find me 11,000 votes? And the fact that <laughs> you are basically enabling the next generation to say, do whatever you want that it is that, that you want to do, regardless if it's, if it's legal or illegal, as long as you think it's morally right, everybody else should be on board with you. And yes, and, and the, the worst part is that I keep on saying I am a free thinker. I didn't become this way because it, it was just the path I went. I, I literally watched CNN for majority of my, my adulthood, and I realized that what used to be a bi uh, unbiased news is no longer biased. And one day I turned on BBC and watched BBC cover our, our country and you would think because we, we're a whole different country, they would be a little biased and kind of, you know, cover different things. But they went straight facts. And it was great because I had I was able to make my own decision. The conversation that happened later on at my family's dinner table literally was opinionated based off of what was said by the news. And then I labeled out the facts and they all changed their minds. And that made me realize that our society is biased on everything at this point. It doesn't matter what it is. It is just biased. And it is sad and it's depressing that we are going to be left with this and I'm about to raise a child in this knowing that everything we just talked about that I have to now contemplate, well, what happens if my child's gay? Is she going to be picked on? What happens if my child is transgender? What's what, what laws am I going to have to face? Like when my wife was pregnant, if something happened before that six week mark within this state and that could affect her, we could have, we could have aborted. But if something happened in week eight and I had to choose between a, a stillborn child or my wife's life, I don't have that option. A white man that doesn't even know me has that fucking option. That makes no sense to me. Like the, these are not laws to be have conversations on. This is not a way a society should work. Love thy neighbor. I am not a religious person, but I am a believer that we should respect everyone, treat everyone the way that we want to be treated, and just move forward with life. Why does why does my neighbors affect me? They don't live in my house. I don't live in their house. Do we share a yard space? Yes. Do we say hi to each other? Yes. Are we respectful of each other? Yes. They had a party a couple weeks ago. They went late. Did I care? No, because my bedroom was on the other side of the house. I really didn't care. If it was noisy, I would say, hey, guys, can you calm down? Have a lot of fun, but just calm down a little bit so I can get some sleep. Absolutely. But I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just asking, you know, hey, hey, can you just turn down the music a little bit? Um, it just, no, if that was anyone else right now, they would be calling the cops, telling them that it's parties with drugs, just trying to cause a conflict and then record it just because so they can get likes. It's society that we had before technology and you are right there is too much technology and there is just too much no empathy no too much technology um too much emphasis on what people think about each other shootings happen because of bullying no one likes me i need to i need to make money but i'm too lazy to get a job so i'm going to start a, a uh 
a TikTok influence page and give makeup tutorials. I need people to like me. Okay, congratulations, you're famous. You have the ability to influence America and you choose the best thing to do is cause conflict instead of inspire. Yeah. And you think you're inspiring, but what you're showing is a, a world, a country of you don't have to be responsible for your actions. That person is. Exactly, man. I know I learned at a very, very young age that we were not put on this world for everybody like us. My uncle told me something I probably a few when I was a few months into working here and he had mentioned that, you know, not everybody is always going to be buying what you're selling. And that stuck with me still to this day, because not everybody's going to like me or appreciate my work ethic or even know or care to spell my name right. Chase with two ways, by the way, people. No one is going <laughs> to care for that. As long as I feel secure with who I am as a person, I should care less or I will care less about what anybody has to say to me because I'm not going to take criticism from someone I won't take uh, advice from. So in that light, I really don't care if you do or don't like me because I'm not living my life for your approval. I'm going to do what I got to do for my family, my loved ones, my, my, my cherished ones and for the people I have to provide for. Therefore, if I, my I tip my hat off to all the influencers. Continue to do what you got to do, but also be real with yourself to understand that if you don't love yourself, nobody else will. Facts, very much facts. Um, so I think we're we're done with this rant for the day. But for for the people that most likely will hear this, hopefully there will be a lot, knock on wood, and we get this party started. We're This show is called It's Not Canon because Chase and I, like I said, we we have a lot of things in common. And this, this is something that's been grinding us for a little bit now of this conversation. And Chase and I, I'm sure we'll continue these conversations in person and and probably do another one of these where we have to continue this conversation again and try to get other people's opinions and get them voted in. But um, today we, we decided that this was just a topic at hand based off of everything that has occurred over the past couple weeks since the last time we actually sat down and tested this. But to give you a little rundown of what you can expect on It's Not Canon, I'm going to actually make Chase kind of walk us through what uh, the show is going to be about and everything about. And because he's Mr. Smooth with the words, I'll turn it over to him to give you a quick rundown. What, what you can expect is not canon. What you will see and what you will hear and what you will enjoy is some unopinionated, but very high, uh, high octane vibes based off of, let's see, DC Marvel Universe, Men's health, your mental health, what to look forward to, how to, and what you expect from your friends. <laughs> I'm running down for you. <laughs> your expectations for life, what makes you you, breaking barriers, shattering the uh, glass ceiling what you value as families and friends, and also what is it that you dream about and how you make your dreams come true. 
of course, like he said, we're two bros as well. So we'll be talking sports. We'll be talking um, animation, domination, uh, TV shows, life as just two two dudes. And uh, and more importantly, nothing's going to ever be the same on every episode. So you got to tune in and see if the, what you like, what you don't like. Um, also, there is the potential of just having some random fun on here. We've, we've discussed uh, doing couples date night playing games on here and watching our reactions to our uh our better halves reacting to games um so yeah it will be it'll be a roller coaster of a show um but we appreciate you guys listening and i hope you enjoyed at least this episode or at least cause some some conversation within your household or friend group or whatever um made you think through things and Hell, I wish we could tell you what the next one's going to be, but we haven't even discussed what the next thing's going to be yet. So, oh. Find out. (laughs) Yeah, tune in to find out. Chase, say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Have a good one. Be prosperous, be peaceful, be powerful. Bye, everyone.